Listener Production. Today on Footy Talk, we will be talking with Ree Trevor Watt and talking about her footy journey, her life at a new club at the Demons and what she was able to contribute to that premiership winning team without having taken the field herself. And that's all to come on Footy Talk. You're listening to Footy Talk with Kate and we have our special guest today, Ree Watt, uh, former teammate of mine at St Kilda and just all-round great human. Ree, thank you so much for joining us today. You are very welcome. Thanks for having me. And we'll get into your footy journey in a minute. So I want to go right back to the start. Obviously a... Not far to go. <laughs> a very well-versed and accomplished volleyball player, represented Australia at World Grand Prix, all the like. How did you get into footy? It's a bit of a weird, weird journey, I think. Um, retired from volleyball at the ripe old age of 29, was looking forward to having a bit of a spell. And within three months, I was pretty bored. My uncle Wayne Hughes worked for the Saints and he mentioned that they were having a VFLW trial day. Kind of said, hey, Ree, why don't you get on down? I thought, oh, I don't know how I feel about that. But um, next thing you know, there I was and best thing I ever did. So you got picked up by the VFLW Saints. Yeah. Um, and at this time they didn't have an AFLW team. Didn't have so an AFLW team, but I think, I don't know if they'd just gotten their licence or... Um, yeah, it was definitely heading that way. Um, but, yeah, it was pretty exciting. And then you ended up getting drafted in the 2018 AFLW draft by Carlton. Yep. How did that feel? Where were you when the draft was happening? Were you watching along? Were you expecting it? Are you one of those players that knew that it was sort of happening or it was a complete surprise for you? No, I'd had a couple of chats. Um, certainly wasn't expecting it, um, given my age and just, you know, the fact that I'd only been playing footy for a year. Yeah, I was at work, <laughs> like, you know, as as you do. And I just, I remember um, my work, KPMG, were actually based just across the road from Marvel. Uh, so, yeah, it was kind of like, oh, better go on over. Um, yeah, it was a pretty surreal experience. It was a really special day and, um, yeah, great memories. So you're just streaming the draft online while you're at work? Is that how it was oh, going? Well, I was streaming it, but then I think at that point I'd actually had a meeting or something and I remember getting back to my desk and someone going, Ray, you've been drafted. <laughs> oh, oh. And then I'd looked at my phone and seen all these messages and calls and I was like, oh, my goodness. And it was so funny. My partner, Belle, who works for NAB, she was actually already over there. So it was a bit of a joke that I think some of the Carlton girls had actually thought it was her because she was like <laughs> clapping and everything. Um, and people were congratulating her. But <laughs> so it was a bit of a funny story. Oh, yeah. that's great. So in a meeting when you get drafted and then finding out via text message. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a typical special, AFLW special draft times. story, isn't yeah, it? <laughs> sure is. Now, you debuted in round two of the 2019 season. What were the memories of it? You got the call up to play, obviously. Not playing round one, you get that really special sort of feeling of yep. the round two team announcement comes. Who told you you were debuting and how did you find out? Uh, so it was a bit of an odd one. So I was actually a late in for Tay. Tay Harris, she, I think she'd hurt her shoulder or something. And yeah, half had called me the night before. So it wasn't, it, I kind of missed all the special debut stuff because yep. they also didn't want to let the media know that Tay wasn't playing. So I think it was really only technically announced an hour or two before the bounce. So yep. yeah, not quite as special <laughs> as most debuts, but hey, I'll take it. And I remember, I remember lining up and 
yeah, I think I was put in the forward line. I remember seeing Dars and just like looking up the ground going, whoa, this is <laughs> so <made> special. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it was a good day. We, I think we almost got the win too. I think we'd started pretty strong and uh, faded in the last, but yeah, it was a pretty cool day. That's great. And then obviously you made the trip back to St Kilda then after they had their AFLW licence. Was that something that you'd always planned to do, sort of being drafted by Carlton and then knowing that the Saints were coming into the competition the next year, that you really wanted to go back and and play at at that club? Yeah, I mean, Saints held, uh, I was a Saints supporter growing up and um, obviously held a pretty special place in my heart for the Sainers. And I think, to be honest, even, yeah, Peter Searle, St Kilda coach at the time, and I think she'd even said to half, oh, we're having her back. Um, <laughs> Sounds like a real Pete thing to do. Yeah, Classic yeah. Pete. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, so when I went back to St Kilda, that was a pretty surreal moment and, yeah, very special and, yeah, we'll, we'll hold those memories close for a pretty long time. And not only that, co-captains as well um, in that first, the first two seasons of their entire existence as an AFLW club alongside two really good mates of ours, yeah. Kate Sheila and Kat Phillips. Um, what did that mean? Yeah, it was very surreal, just blown away. I think when I, you know, kind of started my footy journey, never really kind of expected to be um, in any leadership role or, you know, any good at footy. I think I'd kind of just thought maybe I can offer something in terms of helping the younger team, um, you know, navigate that professional aspect and and just help them grow off field. Um, you know, it's funny, you look at the likes of Georgia Patrikios and, you know, T and and you're like, God, their footy knowledge is just unbelievable. And here I am, you know, leading them with only a couple of years experience. So it was pretty humbling, but um, it was certainly a task I was up for and I loved every second of it. And when did you find out? I was in the team meeting when they announced it. Was that the first time you found out as well that you were going to be co-captain? Yeah. Yeah. It blew me away. <laughs> yeah. Very emotional. Yeah, I it was. It was a good yeah. day. It was a good day. Yeah. Um, and Kate Sheilor in Kate Sheilor fashion cried and couldn't oh, say a she thing. Couldn't, she couldn't stop. <laughs> that's that's how shitty she, uh, the old waterworks, God love her. And now, Kat, Kat. Uh, oh, Kat. <laughs> Kat, you wouldn't know. It was just any other day. Yeah, Kat, yeah, all right. No Kat worries. Kat might have hugged one person, might but have. most likely not. Might have. <laughs> <laughs> then fast forward, obviously, your last game for the Saints was devastating. I was there at Trevor Barker Oval and devastatingly did your ACL. Um, a really, really... I think emotional day for me as such a good friend of yours seeing you go down like that but in classic rewatch fashion straight back up got sort of the news I think that you weren't coming back on and then you were just the cheerleader in the back row like always that's why you're such a fantastic teammate to have and exactly why after I think being delisted by the Saints in a probably a morally questionable decision from their perspective along with a few others that they made that season left the Saints and the D's just swooped on it and picked you up like I'm sure many clubs wanted to. How has that been sort of moving across to the D's and obviously a pretty brutal time for you? Yeah, it was funny. I always joked like, shouldn't joke about it now, but I always said, oh, I'll never do my ACL. I don't go fast enough. You know, they're all doing <laughs> a changing direction. Boy, was I wrong. Yeah, obviously it was a really rough period. Um, yeah, I loved them and I thought I had a bit more to give, but it just, you know, it didn't happen that way. And you know, hindsight's such a blessing. It ended up being the best thing that's ever happened to me because, yeah, the D's are my home and, um, yeah, what Mick and Todd and the broader group have done for me has been unbelievable and, you know, I had a real mission last year to make sure I gave back um, because they'd given me so much and, 
Yeah, to see them, you know, my goal for last season was to see them win the cup. So, yeah, big tick and uh, goal number two was play a game so I could play, say that I pl- actually played for the Ds. Um, and so you tick that tick off two. too. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, uh, things happen for a reason. Uh, at the time it was pretty devastating given I'd, you know, been there for such a long time and still just felt like I had a lot to give off field. But, you know, these things happen and I wish the Saints all the very best and, yeah, it happened happened for a reason. And on that, you say that the D's gave you a lot. I'm sure you gave them a lot in that premiership year. You obviously weren't going to be able to play given the timing of when you did your knee and when you'd be due to come back. So what was your role in that season and and what did you play? What part did you play in that sort of, not just the premiership, but the the whole season and the window of that? Yeah, so it's it's a bit of an odd one. Like I came in and thought, geez, these girls are gonna be like, oh my God, Todd, what have you what have you done? Like she's how old was I? 34? 30, yeah, 34. She's done her knee and brand new group. They'd obviously just rolled off the back of a bit of a heartbreak season. They didn't have much of a spell given we'd rolled straight in. And I thought, geez, I'm gonna have to get to work here, not having known any of them. And so, you know, rehab can be a pretty lonely place and doing your own thing. So I also missed having that time on the track to connect. I found a window though. It's called the rehab update. <laughs> um, so I made a little segment every week and it kind of just blossomed from there. We just kind of, um, what did I do? I'd like Photoshop people's heads onto just the most stupid, the most stupid images. Um, and just kind of, you know, we spend so much time playing footy and focused on on field and, you know, the dream is to win the flag and just be competitive and be the best. But you can get so far by having that connection off field and it's so pivotal and I think it really does play out on field when you are connected as a group and not just on a surface level talking about footy but actually, you know, I think that's something that Dees do really well is um, we have a lot of different sessions. We did um, improv every couple of weeks, like just these random things that really brought us together. And yeah, so I just, I felt like I had a real role supporting and encouraging that journey of rolling through two seasons, wanting to be the best, being heartbroken off the back of, you know, the prior year result. And obviously that's all I had to focus on was A, getting my knee right and B, making sure that everyone around me was enjoying their footy and being the best they could be. And what was it like sort of being a part of a premiership? Obviously, didn't play on the day, but in my eyes, you're still a premiership player if you're part of the squad for that year because you all play a role, whatever it is, in getting there. What was it like? What were the celebrations well, like? I thought I was going to pass out during the game, to be honest. Although, and I know this is bad, I'd said it all year. I said, we're going to win the flag. Like, I don't know what it was. I can't put my finger on it. But the whole time I had said, we're winning the flag. Like I just felt so confident in the group and what we'd created that no matter what we did, we'd stack up, whether it was at Springfield or Adelaide, like wherever it was, I just, we felt confident. And yeah, I remember sitting at the ground thinking, I know that they're going to win, but I still feel sick. Like <laughs> we'd flown up, um, and on playing players had flown up pretty early that morning. So it had already been a bit of a journey. I remember getting to the game and just thinking, I've not eaten, I've not had anything to drink if we win, this is actually going to be the longest day of my life and I need to probably have a few bottles of water. (laughs) And um, the celebrations post were pretty great. Did you go hard? We went went as hard as we could in Brisbane. Celebrating with each other and our families and obviously just Daisy 
getting the premiership, you know, I know it was team effort, club effort, but I think just seeing her and Mick be so happy was, yeah, something I'll never forget. Um, I remember Brizzy turned the, um, we went out onto the field to to celebrate, you know, you put the cup in the middle yep. of the, the goal square and, uh, sorry, not the goal square, the centre circle and you all have your little moment. And I remember, um, yeah, they turned the sprinklers on. <laughs> it was just, it was actually the funniest thing ever because we were then just going, this is great. We don't care. Yeah. Let's, let's just run through it. We'll and reckon, shower ourselves in glory. Yeah, I reckon Georgie Campbell did a ba- big backflip and, and Maeve Chaplin, who is just one of our, um, well, how do you describe Maeve? Just a dance floor starter. She was just absolutely on point. Um, but it was just a really great celebration of all of, it just felt like such a reward for all of the hard work. And I know every team works hard, like every team puts their heart and soul into the season. There's no denying that. But it just felt like everything was aligned and it was really great timing. And going into the final, there was a little bit of speculation as to whether it would be Daisy Pierce's last game. It turned out to be. Yeah. From an outsider's perspective, I was pretty sure it was going to be if you guys won or probably lost as well. Yeah. Um, was there any talk internally about her position and what she'd decided to do or genuinely, obviously she's someone that just would hate that to be the narrative. Yeah. Was there any talk in the group, whether, I know Daisy wouldn't have been a part of the talk. Yep. Um, was there anything like that that was, come on girls, we've got to do this for days? Yep. No, that's classic days. I remember sitting in our in a team meeting, I reckon it was our last session, and she started talking and she started crying and I was sitting behind her and I was like, oh, no, she's getting emotional. This is not good. But then in all seriousness, we all thought she was going to go again. We we really did. It wasn't up until literally a day or two before the announcement that we knew. We genuinely thought she was going to go again and we were all for it. We were like, (laughs) let's go. Back to back with days. Back to back. Yeah, classic days. It's never about her. But um. Yeah, it was pretty it was pretty special. Well, stick around on the other side of the break. We're going to talk about that potential to go back-to-back with Melbourne and also how you're going to spend your million now that you guys have won the McClellan Trophy. Jeez, uh, yeah, put that in the <laughs> bank. Welcome back to Footy Talk, your daily dose of footy, the latest news, interviews and analysis from the world of AFLW. We have Rhi Watt here with us today. Demons player has played her first game now for the yeah, Ds. One in the bank. Take us through that one. Obviously, you've worked so hard to get back from your knee and then finding out that you're going to play in a game against West Coast a couple of rounds ago. How did it feel? It was an awesome feeling. I remember sitting in the team meeting and I had no idea. I'm a bit of a prezzo girl. I normally do a prezzo at least once a fortnight and try and get the group up and about. And it was weird. One of our tech guys, Harry, absolute legend, he had said, oh, Ree, can you send me a prezzo? And I was like, oh, yeah. And he's like, no, we're doing it in a different meeting room, so I'm going to need to present. I'm like, yeah, okay, cool. So I sent it to him and then got up and did my prezzo. It was, <laughs> we've given everyone a bit of grief like about Google and, you know, like sometimes you Google people and some of the girls in our team, some of the images are just that funny or like you'd start typing like um, is Paxi Paxman and then you know how it gives a predictive yes. text yep. and someone said is Paxi Paxman real? Is she like so <laughs> funny? Um, anyway, so I'd done a prezzo on that and then I'd finished on the slide and I was like, yeah, that's it. And then... Mick was like, oh, there's one more slide. And I was like, oh, I've stuffed up here, but 
I'm sure I'll figure out. So I was just like looking at the screen going, it's all right, Ree, whatever it is, you you'll be able, it, to, so talk you'll to, be able to talk to it. So <laughs> it's no, no stress. And then he put it up and he photoshopped my head onto someone else and it was just this, I think it might have been Paxi running around like this and it just said, get around me. And I was like, that's weird. I did not do that. <laughs> yeah. And then Mick was like, Ree's playing her first game. And oh. Yeah, it was more just seeing the girls be so happy. I think that made me feel happy. Yeah. Yeah, like such a standout team to know that they were happy and also felt confident that I would just come in and, and do a good job. Like there was no, oh, you know, they're going to be worried that, yeah, it was just, it just was such a, an awesome feeling and, uh, yeah, I'm pretty happy they videoed it because I reckon I'll be storing that one for the grandkids. <laughs> and one thing that I I obviously work a little bit on the broadcast of the yeah. AFLW games and I'm not a huge fan of the in-game interviews, but yeah. I think you delivered one of the all-time in-game <laughs> interviews. It was fantastic in your first game back and one of the quotes from it was, yeah, I feel like I'm out here and all the girls are on their bikes and it's like riding a bike when you get back in and everyone says that and feels like all the other girls are on electric bikes and I'm just out here pedalling. Yeah. That was one of the old times. We've never yep. really had any insight like that. It's all vanilla. Yeah, we're just going to do what we yep. want and whatever else. But that was that was great insight into how you were feeling in well, your first game. it genuinely was. I mean, it was 35 degrees and don't get me wrong, being an older player, I'm all for the heat. If it shaves off an hour of getting getting ready. Um, yeah, I'm all for the heat, but yeah, 35. And it was just really, you'd have a drink and then you get the classic, like you put try and put your mouth guard in and your like, lips are bloody stuck to it. <laughs> just cotton like, oh, mouth straight yeah, away. cotton mouth the whole time. <laughs> but yeah, I was just so happy to be there. Like you, you forget, like footy is this amazing game and you know, we do so much analysis and we want to be the absolute best, but sometimes you just got to go out there and have a good time. Yeah. And to be out there doing that with, you know, my mates was just, yeah, cracking experience and one old, yeah. And even Sloney, she presented me my jumper and Sloney I've known uh, for a really long time. We played volleyball in the Oz team together. So to have her present me with my jumper was, yeah, it was pretty awesome. And, I mean, I touched on it just before the break. You guys have now won the McClellan Trophy. So yeah, congratulations on being a millionaire um, <laughs> collectively. Wish, but, yeah, thank you. Go the Ds. Um, um, so what are you going to spend your million on? Do you know what? It's so funny. Like we've not spoken about the McClellan at all. Yep. Like we had training this morning and even even this morning, there's it's just not something that we're – thinking about or focused on, like um, as a club, like it's a fantastic achievement um, and acknowledgement of all of the hard work that the Ds do behind the scenes and it's easy for us to get out there and get all the reward and recognition. But Melbourne as a club are just are really fantastic. So I think for those people behind the scenes to, to get that acknowledgement is really special. But outside, I think we chatted about it before the North game. Yep. Um, and I say chatted about it. I can't use language, but it was basically like, Nothing. Yeah. Like this is not – Mick wrote the name up on the board and then wiped it out and was like, no, nah, this, this is not – not at the forefront. This is not what we're about. It's not demon spirit. We, I mean, you know, bless McClellan, but this is not our guy today. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's pretty special, but ultimately not what we were set out to achieve. And just on that sort of the whole club and demon spirit, and there's there's been a little bit of criticism recently on yep. the men's side and sort of their professional standards and yep. things like that. And I think you look at the women's side and you guys are just the utmost professionals. You always have been. Has there been anything that's sort of filtered through to you guys that you sort of feel like has kind of affected the club in a way? 
Yeah, I don't think it's affected the club. I mean, obviously being in the media and having things play out is is never nice, but I think, you know, the priority is our people and their welfare and, you know, as the AFLW portion of the Ds, we just come in, come to work every day and, and do our best to do the Ds proud. I don't think it's filtered through in, an, in a really negative manner. Like it's not, it's obviously not something that anyone wants to go through or any club wants to go through. But in terms of us, we're just so focused on performing week in, week out and upholding our deemed spirit. And, you know, it's something that we, you know, we really pride ourselves on. So yeah, it's not great, but it's also as a club, we still have to wear that. We are one club and yeah, we've got to support each other through it. And finally, I just want to touch on probably one of my favourite things about you is your nickname, Trev. <laughs> Tell us a little bit about how you got the nickname of oh, Trev. Oh, Trevi. Um, <laughs> I got a phone, work phone. I've been at KPMG 13 years and I reckon I've had this phone for about eight. And it's got an inbuilt voicemail and it says, hi, you've called Trevor Wes, something, something, something. Tried everything to reset it, can't. Got a new phone, tried to reset it. Trev can't. came with the phone. Trev is just inbuilt into my phone and it's the biggest blessing because when people call me that I don't like, they think they've got the wrong number. But also some of the gags, some of the voice messages I get are hilarious. Like I think every single voicemail I get, it's like, oh, hello, um, is this... Oh, is this re- no? Sorry, I think I've got the wrong number. <laughs> but then you've got people that know me and know that it's Trev. Uh, I'll never forget. I've got an absolute ripper from half that I think I've still got on my phone. And the first thirty seconds of of the voice message is him just laughing, going, "Trev, tough, ha, <laughs> Trev, tough." <laughs> um, yeah. So it's been a bit of an ongoing joke, but um. Yeah, I feel like now it's part of my identity. I almost can't get rid of it. So two things. If you know how Rhee can get rid of Trev, but she probably won't, let us know. Um, yeah. But also if she, if you've called Rhee and she hasn't gotten back to you, there's a reason for that. Yeah, um, She's not going to call have, you. I probably shouldn't <laughs> have put that out there, should I? Um, uh, yeah. Yeah. Sorry about that, guys. <laughs> I am notoriously slow at responding though. So uh, texting's not a strength of mine. So I'm, I am, uh, don't get me wrong, I can send a meme or two, but responding to people, I've usually got about a three-week window. Sometimes I get, I had a text from Jackie Vought the other day, God, she cracks me up. She'd sent me a message on my phone. I didn't respond for about three weeks and then she has to switch to Instagram just to check in. She's like, have you got the same number? I'm like, yeah, mate, I yeah, have. Nah, That's I just me. Yeah, I haven't given me phone to Trev. <laughs> Sorry, JV. That's on me. <laughs> well, Ree, thank you so much. Or should I say Trev? Trev? Trev, thank you so much for joining us. Um, it's been fantastic to talk about your footy journey and also what life is like at the D's now and all the best for the rest of the season. The D's are sitting in a very good position heading into the last round. So hopefully you guys, for your sake, can go back to back. But thank you so much. Yeah, thanking you. Great to see you, mate. Always a pleasure. 